Welcome back to the Never Broke Podcast. Remember, our mission is to increase financial literacy, provide the tools necessary for financial freedom, and enable people to achieve their life goals. We want people to live a life of abundance. We hope to not only equip you with the proper tools, but empower you to live a fulfilling life. Please know I'm not a financial advisor, just a money enthusiast sharing my experience, thoughts, and ideas. This is your host, Esther. (laughs) Today, we have a very special guest. I know I say that every single time, but this person is an intellect. He's amazing. He's handsome. Like, we can can go into into the works of it. We have a guest. His name is Toby. He's the creator of the Toby Network, as well as other ventures. He's, like I said, a creative. He's spiritual spirit my accent is coming out Mm -mm, this is gonna be an interesting (laughs) episode we're gonna skip that word okay he's the creator (laughs) i can't i'm about to start speaking pigeon in this episode look i think Um, someone's gonna speak through you Okay. He's the creator of the Toby Network. He's a creative. He's an intellect. He was um, the president of ASA, created one of the best fashion shows St. John's has ever seen and will ever see, period. Okay. He's a leader. He's a forward thinker. He's an innovative. Um, There's so much I can say, but I'm going to let Toby introduce himself and drop any gems he would like to. All right, everybody. Um, Thank you for having me. I just want to say I love the podcast. Been following you since the beginning. Gonna keep following you. You know what it is. Been knowing each other from the St. John streets. Okay. Now y'all know they carry last. We already know. Never. Never last. We already know. And yeah, I'm just happy to be here, everybody. And yeah, you know, to talk about money and the spiritual connotations of it and just... You know, how do we how do we live our best lives not being broken financially or spiritually, mentally or emotionally, you know? So I'm I'm you know, I have a lot to say and yeah, I'm I'm excited and I can't wait to get into it. Hey guys, wealth of wisdom. I'm I'm going to be sitting back and learning this episode. So Toby mentioned we're going to be talking about the cost of healing finances relationships, especially family relationship, um, our foreign ties and spirituality and how that all connects. Um, I think we were just talking about this, but um, everything is interconnected. We're all connected and each part of our lives um, influence each other. We don't Things don't happen in isolation, unfortunately. Um, so we we must make sure that we're continuously operating as a whole. Um, so one of the questions I like to ask my guests is about their money story, their journey, whether it's positive, negative, whether they didn't grow up talking about money or speaking about money, just their their experience with money so far in their life. Um, so Toby, what has your experience been? All right, so my money story. <laughs> Woo, my money story has definitely been one for the books, right? Um, I definitely feel like I've been in a movie. And when I say movie, I'm not talking about like, you know, like high life, you know, like chop life. Like, no, when I was younger, I definitely was convinced. I was like, I think I'm living in Cinderella and I think I'm Cinderella. You know, like I was, I was definitely on that type of um vibe but all that's to say is that my money story was complicated and I use was as in past tense because that was the past it is not my present it is not where I'm going um but it was complicated you know it was one of struggle 
uh, setback, lack of finances, and overall shame. You know, like growing up, I didn't, I didn't have money, right? My parents didn't have money. They didn't have those types of things. You know, I always thought, oh yeah, we're just like middle class. You know, that's what we were. But it wasn't until I started growing up that I realized, oh no, we were definitely lower middle class, teetering below, teetering between the poverty line. You know, like if one parent didn't work, there would be no light. Um, we had moments where we had to go to my aunt's house to fill up buckets of water as if this was night job because there was no water in the house, you know, or go stay at an auntie's house because of the light and stuff. So it was definitely one um, of struggle. It was definitely one of said that like my mom had like four jobs at one time, you know? So it was definitely dark, <laughs> like dark. And it was, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Um, and that's not even, you know, I'm summing it up like really briefly, but that's not even the whole of my money story. Like when I say I have money traumas that I've had to actively heal from, I mean like deep traumas, you know, like, oh, where's the money? Where, like, am I going to eat today? Where's this next check coming from? And going to St. John's did not help that at all because St. John's is expensive as hell. So, <laughs> so imagine trying to go to St. John's mind you on a full scholarship, but not having them cover housing and stuff like that. And then my parents looking at each other, who's going to come up with money for housing and who's going to- To interrupt this. So school, okay. St. John's housing and like meal plan is easily 7,000 a semester. Yeah. Easily. Like I thought I could afford it. And I was like, why do I, excuse me, but why am I paying- to stay on campus with three other people in one room but i'm gonna I'm give it back to you yeah yeah you think you can afford st john's you have the yeah. scholarship and you're like I can't yeah I can't. and it's like oh i can't you know so it was definitely one of traumas and those traumas led to like feelings of inadequacy even in my own physical life you know um i met my money story is deeply tied to my family you know because it was one of the greatest issues within my parents' marriage. They don't, not to call them out, but they don't have an exemplary marriage. They don't have a marriage that I would want, you know? And one of the huge issues in their marriage was money. It was always money. Every night fighting over money. There was a nien ego, ego this, ego that, for all of y'all who are Igbo, y'all know nien egos give me money, ego is money. But for those of y'all who don't know, you learned something new, congratulations. But it was just, a huge factor. So we always thought, oh, if we had money, we would be happy. You know, if we had money, we'd be saved. Like when my dad moved to Nigeria and stuff to make more money, you know, he kind of missed out on the whole, let me be a father part because he's like, oh, if I have, if I give my kids money, they'll be happier and they'll be good. I don't need to be there for them if I'm able to get them money, you know, if I'm able to do X, Y, and Z. So it just led to a whole bunch of issues that have been unresolved today. And I'm happy to say that I'm actively healing from those things and changing my money, you know, relationship because it's been, I'm 24 and it's been 24 years of a hard knock life, okay? I also thought I was Annie. So yes, I thought I was Cinderella and I thought I was Annie. If that doesn't tell you a lot, I don't know what else will. But, you know, because coming out of college, the lies that they told us for college and then literally we graduated in 2019 and then the pandemic happened. So you can see it was 
it was struggle. Had to move back home. Had periods of like literally feeling like, oh, I'm starving this month. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to have this. And I'm not going to have that. This job, oh, can't get it because of COVID. Or, oh, say I'm not qualified for this. I'm not qualified for that. I'm like, not qualified. I'm overqualified. You know, and just trying to do anything just to have money. And then arguing with family because it's like, we can't support you. You're becoming a burden, you know? So I made the decision. I'm not going to argue with you guys about money anymore. I'm not going to make money a struggle, an issue in my life. That old narrative, that old story of Toby is gone. It is over. Never broke? Yes, I'm not broke. I don't, I will never say broke again. So I love Never Broke podcast because I'm not broke. I'm not broke. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. Okay. I am abundant. I am rich. You know, shout out to Young Baby Tate. All right. Like I, I am all of those things and more. So, you know, it's currently a story of manifesting abundance, love, healing, help, wealth, you know, creativity and prosperity. And I see that as I heal my relationship with money, because money is a relationship, um, I'm having a better healed relationship with myself and knowing more so what I'm worth, right? Because you only charge what you feel like you're worth, right? You only charge what you think you're worth. Um, and I, you know, developed a mindset of I love money and money loves me. You know, money loves me, so money's gonna chase me and court me and I love money, so I'm gonna court money as well. You know, I tracked it. So it's now a story of investments as well, investing in my creative projects, investing in myself, despite, you know, other people not being on the waves, because, you know, Niger parents, African parents, you still have them that's like, okay, 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 okay. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. I'm going to have to cut you off. Okay, we're not there yet. Okay. I'm going to cut you off. We're getting there. We're getting there. But I I love the the honesty of it. I think that money trauma, I think I'm going to like steal that and and be a champion for healing for money traumas. Because I don't think, I think that our generation loves the, the, the fashion or the the fancy and flashy stuff but when it comes to the fact that things affect us like yes this is a thing that uh, the pandemic is going to we're not we're probably not even going to understand how the pandemic has shifted our mindset and brain waves for another couple of years so i i love that you're being honest about that you were in a bad place of money but that just because you were in a bad place or just because you were just above um, okay doesn't mean that has to be the definition of how you have to live. Um, and I think, you know, I didn't pay him to, to shout out my podcast, but I, I love um, that these conversations get to happen because if we don't talk about it, we let things grow in the dark and not everything needs to grow. Some things need to be squashed, um, buried and never come back. So uh, affirmations, I attract money. I money chases me, money comes to me, I am abundant, I am full, um, I have more than enough, I, I love it, I love it, Toby. So we're going to go to um, another question, because you you touched on a lot, and we're going to talk about it, um, but what would you consider our toxic traits um, about money and control about money and our culture specifically. So we're both Nigerian and we have very similar backgrounds with our father um, going back home to earn money and, you know, essentially being raised by a single mom in a weird dynamic. Um, so like our culture of money and men having this bravado or like these big shoulder when it comes to, I provide for my family financially, but I'm not necessarily present. And like, 
the dynamic of what just just what would you consider a toxic traits um within our culture about money i'm i'll leave it at that before i answer the question all for right. you <laughs> all right so i do want <clears throat> to i don't know if i would say disclaimers but just give some context for everybody so just like you know esther had said so lovely when i'm talking about this whole stuff cultural toxic traits, because I am going to talk about spirituality as well. I just want to say so that people know where I'm coming from. So like you said, specifically coming, talking about the Nigerian background, um, this would most likely be similar for other Africans, particularly West Africans, even diasporic, you know, Africans in the diaspora, you know, whether you're Caribbean, American, et cetera. But I am specifically going to be talking. Um, but as I was saying, so I am coming from that context. When I'm talking about spirituality, I will be talking about specifically African spirituality, specifically, um, at least the reference point I'm coming from is Adenani, which is the traditional evil spirituality, you know, lifestyle, not religion, because spirituality transcends religion, but of the evil people, because that is what I am of Southeastern Nigeria. So that is the context I will be talking about, but you know, when it comes to this culture and spirituality, it can apply for a lot of different things, but that is my specific context for everyone. Just in case it don't align with something and y'all like, but we don't do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, well, sorry. Back. All right, so to answer this question of, you know, what would I consider as toxic money traits in our culture? I have quite a bit of different things. So I'm wondering, which one do I want to start with? Do I start with the first thing I wrote or how do I, how do, I do this? Because my mind works in a paradigm, y'all. So I'll be giving tangents, I'll be giving stories, but it all connect in the end. So y'all just, y'all just go for the ride, go for the ride. But I think, okay, I'll start with what I did in, you know, order of how I wrote it. So one thing that I want to talk about is this view of money as being evil. So this money as evil complex, um, a lot of times you'll see it and it doesn't just exist in, um, you know, our own culture. It exists in a lot of other cultures. I think it may have actually been a transplant into our culture that came um, due to globalization. You could even argue colonialism, who knows? I don't know where, but at least from what I've studied, I don't think it's indigenous to our culture. So when I talk about money as evil, what I'm talking about is this idea that money is the root of all evil. Everything stems from money. Um, you know what they say, absolute power corrupts and power corrupts absolutely. I think that's the phrase, I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly, though money and power are not necessarily the same thing, but they usually go hand in hand, right? So just this idea that, you know, oh, you have too much, this money is evil. You're gonna switch up when you get money, you're gonna become a bad person. Um, Oh, you know, you want money too much. Oh, your money's always on your mind, 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 mind. You must be greedy if you want money. Why can't you be um, content with enough? Why can't you be content with what God has given you currently? Right? It's that. <laughs> heard the story? Heard the story? Yes. So it's that whole, it's that whole complex of like, money is evil or that money is somehow dare i even say because i've even heard people say this somehow of the devil right somehow like a lower even if we're looking at spirituality money is like a lower vibrational thing like oh my gosh you should detach from money you shouldn't want money well why not why not what did i come on this earth to do i'm pretty sure i didn't come on this earth to be poor and struggle 
I've worked that karma out a couple lifetimes ago. You know, it's like, so it's just that whole idea of money being evil, right? And it's also very interesting because I'm segueing this into a whole nother thing because, you know, when we look at stuff often in society, we see it as black and white instead of shades of gray, right? The way I see it is that there's a spectrum. Most of what we see is in gray. And then the further you get away, you know, the more extremes, but the extremes aren't really that, you know, light cannot exist without darkness, hot cannot exist without cold, you know, et cetera. So even though we have this complex as a toxic trait of money being evil, right? In our culture, we also have this exact opposite of like, if you have wealth and prosperity, then you're a more holy person. So it's like, oh, the more money you have, the better, <laughs> the better of a person you are, right? <clears throat> it's like, oh, this person, you've been given so much provisions, your business is successful, God has blessed you. Ah, what are you doing to be so, what, what are you doing to have such God's favor, you know? <clears throat> and it's like, oh, you know, let me pray hard enough to be as wealthy as that person because God must favor them better. And you know, regardless of what your religion is, um, should I also mention this for context, I will be, when I talk about religion, I'm mainly coming from the Christian context because, you know, born and raised Catholic. So I'm mainly gonna be coming from that, but it applies to a lot of these other Abrahamic faiths. Um, but regardless of where you fall in the religious space, whether it's Islam, Judaism, Christianity, um, you see a lot in Christianity, but it's sometimes, especially in Nigeria, you have that thing of like, oh, if you pray hard enough, if you pray more, you will be blessed with more money and wealth. You didn't pray hard enough, that's why you didn't, you're not that good of a Christian, not that good of a Muslim, you're not that good of et cetera, <clears throat> which is why you don't have that, you're not, you don't have access to that holiness that comes with wealth and prosperity. So it's very interesting when we look at it because it's like, well, what do you want? Is it the more money, is that money, is it that money is evil or is it that the more money you have, the holier you become because you've been blessed with it. And then when someone gets that money, it's very interesting when you see who's labeled on who got it through God blessing them and who did it through blood ritual or who, you know, who sold their, even when you look at it in our society, why is it that when somebody did certain things, they had to have sold their soul to get it? But then we see these other people and they're like holier figures. It doesn't make sense. It, it really doesn't make sense. Very interesting to like look at those things. Cause like I said, we even see in our own culture, like, oh, this person sold their soul for this money, for this wealth and stuff. Versus maybe if it's like a pastor or somebody's like, oh, they're so blessed, they're so this. Who, 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 where, where are we drawing the line between who was blessed and who did ritual, who sold their soul? You know, and that's that's very something that we see a lot in our culture, you know, and it's very, it's something that very, it's, it's very much confusing, you know, it's very much confusing um, because then if we take it even deeper, right, in our culture, you'll see that um, we can be very polarized when we talk about religion and spirituality, when we talk about traditional African spirituality, um, because we're still colonized, right? Colonization ended like what, 15, maybe 60 years ago for Nigeria, but we're still colonized. Quote unquote ended, but we're still definitely colonized in our beliefs, in our mindsets, you know, like most of our grandparents were what, born before 
the nation even existed as a decolonized nation. So those, those attitudes, those things are still there. So what you'll see in a lot of these countries like in Nigeria is that we have the connotation of like wealth, money only becomes holy when it's paired with religion. And when it's paired with anything outside of that, specifically traditional African stuff, that's when it's viewed as evil. And it's like, okay, that's why pastors can own jets. I don't know, like it's disgusting. Pastors can legit in Nigeria own private jets, own mansion while their con is there in um, the village scrubbing, you know, literally trying to fish to make money, to sell money, to give money to the church. Yet the pastor is good. Yet somebody else that's maybe more traditional that practices that traditional African spirituality and beliefs who did money working, money ritual, money offering, they're evil. And the, the reason why money is tainted and there are examples of how money is evil, how money is bad, how money is this blah, 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 blah. Or even somebody's like, oh no, I'm manifesting. Manifesting what? Should, don't you know you can't manifest? You can only pray to God. You can only ask God for X, Y, and Z. So it's like, I feel like it, it, it kind of digs even that from there, like the whole complex of money as evil, get money and wealth and prosperity show your blessings. So I'm really coming to the conclusion that it's like, okay, it's only, it's only holy, it's only good if it's paired with religion, predominantly the religion that is favored, right, in that nation, you know, because if it was somebody else that with the religion that's not favored, obviously, heathens, right? But then when it's, when it's paired with tradition, culture, what was there before colonization or anything outside of religion, right? Evil. You're making music and it's not gospel and you became famous, oh, you sold your soul. <laughs> you know, you sold, it's like, oh, you sold your soul. Oh, you did that for fame. You're making money and you're not a doctor and you own your own business. And it's like, oh, what type of blood ritual did you do for your business? And if you're out here, you're giving to the church and showing how much of a good, good worshiper you are. So it's very, it's, it, it's very like, like I can, like the way I could even explain, it's like, it's very confusing, but also very telling of the culture and not just the culture, but the damage it's done to the culture. And if you even want to take it further, it's just a black ass podcast. I don't know if I'm able to swear or not. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> okay, Go ahead. It's indicative, of, even if you look at that anti-blackness, anti anti-Africanness within the culture and how we associate with money, right? And how we work with money. Now, um, and then, so yeah, so we have that, but we also have another complex toxic trait and it's that money solves all issues, right? And this is, this is, this is where it hits more close to home for us, right? Um, because you especially see it as like, if the, if the husband, if the father is not giving money, he's useless. If the man is not bringing money, he's useless, right? We see that all the time. And we see that especially not for just African men, but for Black men in general, because of that whole capitalism thing. If your body is not producing currency that the white man deserves as currency, that society has decided as currency, then you're useless, right? Because you cannot produce. Because what were you? You were a product. So now that you transition from no longer being a product, you must produce something. And it's oftentimes not a product that you yourself own, right? 
So you so if you can't give it, then you don't have nothing, right? So we have that complex that money solves all issues. You can do what you want, sacrifice everything to make the bag. But once you bring the money, everything will be okay. You can cheat on your wife. You can have multiple babies. You can beat. You can do this. If you if she's wearing Gucci, if she's wearing Gucci, right? Gucci, Fendi, Prada, driving Mercedes. Then what does she have to complain about, right? Because she has the money. You don't have to be there for your children. If they have school fees paid, if they're eating every day, if they're not struggling in the village, then what's the problem? And it's it's literally it's that whole, it's that complex. And even for me personally, that's like it's been one of the issues with my house, because you know, I mentioned my father earlier. He literally thinks that if he makes enough money, granted, he's still working on his projects. One of the most talented people, if not the most talented person I've ever, well, no, I'm more talented than him, amen. Um, that I, so one of the most talented people that I've ever met, right? But just so lost up here, just so lost up here, because he still thinks if he gets his projects in Nigeria to take off, that his children at 20 years old, at this year old, will come running back to him screaming, daddy, 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 trying to sit on his lap. So I have, I have a question about, um, and I know this isn't necessarily planned, but I, I really resonate with the idea that money is evil, right? Well, as one mm -hmm. of the toxic traits, and then money is the solution, working hand in hand, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and is this solution evil, right? So like the way my mind is taking this, I, I think that when it really comes to us portraying money or giving money um, the responsibility that we should have as the individual and in people's life. I, I, I'm fascinated by the fact that it happens time and time and again. So I think that what, where, where does the gap come from where we feel like we are not sufficient enough, our presence is not sufficient enough that we have to compensate with materialistic items because that's what i'm getting from these conversations mm -hmm. and i can i can resonate so highly on it like oh you because my success will equate um respect which is so big in nigerian culture and oh, it, it kind of pisses me off because respectability politics i still do it to this day but respectability politics is one of the like the hierarchy of how we operate so mm -hmm. so so when is it enough to just be right when is it right money money isn't evil money is a tool right money is the solution for some things but not yeah. all but not all things so when is it enough or when do we realize as a culture that is more impactful for us to show up and show out for the people we care about than to pay things away and to answer that i would say once we leave the rat race of capitalism and start incorporating our own indigenous traditions to make a system that works for us you get is when we will find that out because i am i would say i guess i, I would consider myself a traditionalist but i'm not a hardcore traditionalist i'm a traditionalist but i'm also one of those people where it's like if the shit doesn't work get rid of it I don't care if we've done it for a thousand years, you know? I'm like, let's go back to what we did because there's so much knowledge. But if what we did back then was problematic and doesn't align with us now, fuck it and make something new, you know? So I think we kind of need to do that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making money. 
right? But there's something wrong with capitalism, you know, and all these isms. And I think it, this this whole mentality of like, oh, money's evil, but money's a solution. We have to do it is because it's created from colonialism, from the capitalist structure in Nigeria. You know, it's all that trickled down because you see it as evil, right? Because of what people honestly if we look at it, because yeah, maybe people are doing stuff to get money, but all the, honestly, what people with money tend to do, what people who have more access with money tend to do, is pretty heinous things. Not everybody, but a lot of them. So you're gonna, so it's you know only natural to build that connotation across cultures that money is evil, right? When people abuse it, but it's like you see it as the only tool because you're taught that that's the only tool. Because in capitalism, the dollar is the most important thing. It's more valuable than anything, right? So where do you feel like, and I feel like this is going to turn into academic discussion. I don't, I'm not a completely against capitalism because of the opportunity it affords. But mm -hmm. the problem is that it's often at the expense of exploiting the resources of those who cannot stand for themselves. Yeah. So I'm not like let's kill the whole system like i'm never mm -hmm. i i agree with you that we should take things that work well and then yeah. innovate on those like that doesn't so what i what is the what is the fine line because everyone's like oh like a lot of people i talk to are like get rid of it like destroy it and i'm like okay so what is the proposed solution because exactly. it is all like, about solutions it really <laughs> is all about solutions and honestly <clears throat> um for, cause I can be quite of a radicalist, right? Proudly radicalist, proudly radical because you need someone to shake things up in order to make change. We, we don't change unless we're comfortable, right? Changes do not happen unless people get comfortable. So your whole thing about respectability politics is like, yeah, throw that out the window because nobody's gonna change unless they're uncomfortable. If the seat is not wet, you're not gonna get up. Like, or if it's not hot, if it's not too, you're not gonna get up. Mm -hmm. um, and for that, at least when it comes to African nations, I think we have to go back and granted, so many African nations like Nigeria are filled with different tribes, so many diverse tribes, but there's a lot of similarities as well. I think we need to go back to those, to look at those systems and how do they deal with economics. So um, taking Adenani, you know, Igbo spirituality and tradition, for example, the marketplace is very sacred, which is why you'll hear the um, connotation oftentimes negative of Igbo, like, oh, Igbo people love money. Igbo people are good with business because the market was very sacred, right? We have a whole mythological story about how God created the marketplace to create order and peace, where it's like everybody can build their abundance. They specialize in what they want and what they love. They build that abundance, but they know that they don't have it all. So what they have in abundance, they give to someone else, right? And that was for what somebody else has in abundance, it gives to them. So there's order and there's balance, right? So it's like, I'm not worried too much about what you have, because I know that you have things that I don't, but I have things that you don't. So instead of me trying to steal, let's, let's trade, let's collaborate. And the way I would see that in the current day is like, I feel like we need to get to, yes, we need economic pol you know, policies, but I feel like there needs to be more of a mind shift focus first to influence it. Because what are all these isms? They all start in the mind. They're all socially constructed, right? We need to get to that point of where it's like, instead of chasing the bag, chase yourself, chase your your, chase your inner bag. What do you have to offer in abundance that nobody else can? Even if somebody's doing the same exact thing, what can you offer, 
right? What is What do you have in your marketplace? Know your worth, charge your worth. If the next person doesn't want to buy it, cool, somebody else will. Mm. But best believe if they have something that you want, be willing to pay their price because they know their worth as well, mm. you know? So there needs to be that type of market exchange where there's order, there's balance, you know? And even in the tradition in Odinani, when we look at the marketplaces, there's laws. The marketplace was considered sacred. Um, like when they wanted to do like divination or stuff to find that information or create a, like a shrine and altar, you picked up soil from the marketplace because that was the most holy place in the village. Because the market was so important, it was, a it was one of the foundations for order. They had certain laws in the marketplace. You wouldn't charge somebody too extra. You wouldn't steal, you wouldn't, you know, and the community police those things. So, you know, and it's like, and everybody passed through the marketplace. They have an Igbo proverb. I don't remember what it is in Igbo, but in, the, but in English, it says the world is a marketplace. And once we are done shopping, we go home. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, and that just shows you that like our people, cause you know, I'm just using Igbos cause I'm Igbo, but I know it's in other cultures. We had ideas of economics and how to do it. So, and it's not like people were like, oh no, it's not like how they want to be like, oh, socialism or communism, which are not the same things. Everybody must be equal. No, people had their own abundance. They had their own things. They lived lavishly, but there was order. Not necessarily everybody was the same, but everybody was more content because everybody was like, I'm doing my stuff and my thing is good. Like even the farm, whatever you did, whatever you were, your trade was sacred. Your farm was your shrine. People could not desecrate it. If you were a blacksmith, you're like in traditional evil society, if you were a blacksmith and you made medals, your medal was a shrine. People cannot curse you in there. They cannot come and harass you there. They cannot, you know, fuck around. They couldn't do stuff like that because that is, because that was your, that was your shrine. That was your holy place. Your work was sacred and it was meaningful and it was fulfilling you. So it's something that you probably would have done for free, but you know the worth, you know the value that you put in it. So you put the task. And you know, and even when we come to the marketplace, I know I'm going on rambling, but even when we look in the marketplace in evil structure, the marketplace was ran by women. They made the laws of the marketplace. They made the laws and they made the rules and they made sure it was fair. That just shows that women should be in charge of economic policy. We're going to move on. That's the last but, thing. <laughs> they, they really should. They really should. And you know, even in traditional Igbo culture, we have four days of the week. We don't have seven. Each day corresponds to market. And the market would literally change between villages each day. So that each village had their own control over the market for a day. So it was fair. It was equal. It was yeah. ordered. I think you gave so me. I think that's part of the solution. I think you gave me the assignment of really searching and delving into the different cultural and economic policies before this post-colonial globalization world where we feel like there's one i'm not going to call any country out where there's one solution i think mm -hmm. i think you gave me the assignment of really searching and delving into what was done in the past because i think that as we advance right we think that new and shiny is always better yeah. but it's like we stand on the shoulders of our ancestors, meaning people came before us, yeah. right? Meaning people have done the work 
that we might be trying to do. So why work hard when we could work smart, yeah. take and elevate? You, you gave me some work to do and I, I, I'm really going to look forward into digging and researching and really understanding the, the richness because you gave me a lot to think about. I hope people are digesting this information because- yes. and this. And honestly, any findings that you um, come about with your about culture, share with, I would love to know, because I know Nigeria is diverse, so I know we probably can't use one system, but- Your about culture and um, money <laughs> is just, we chop life for money is, money is well, everything. You know, well, money is- Traditionally, you know, if you can- Yeah. Because I know, like, we'd have to pick, at least in order for it to be fair, but in Nigeria, I feel like we would have to take- the best elements of each yeah of course of course but i think that for nigeria specifically and nigerian politics nigerian economics nigerian social policies everything about nigeria pisses me off except the people let me tell you (laughs) why and this is a tangent nigeria has the potential and anyone could come against me every other african country nigeria has the potential to be the the global leader yes in 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 every sector Every sector. But the thing is, and and we can talk about this to kingdom come, greed will be the death of that nation. The the way if 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 it doesn't sink into Nigerian leaders, because the youth understand that the that they are better together, right? Than apart. You're about Ibo, Ahusa, Edo, it doesn't matter that they are better. Like, if you study what China did, they locked down their country, only did it within themselves. India did the same thing. Brazil did something similar. If they understood that if they unified, that they could change the global economic situation of not only Nigeria, but influence the whole of Africa as the model. And the diaspora, the whole. The whole diaspora, that they could be the model the domino to we're we're in a tangent let's let's bring this back and you know and i'm glad you use that tangent because it segues into another toxic trait that we have where um it kind of connects where we have this complex when it comes to money and this is on a more personal level where it's the whole all for one you know we have the one for all and all for one so we have that kind of like all for one slash one for all complex um in nigeria we see the all for one in the sense of our leaders where they just chop take the money 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 because they want to keep up with the leaders of the west or the the next shake in dubai you know they want they want to keep up with that image right literally trying to attain to a global standard that was not really for you and was never made for you right but then we also have the whole the um one for all where it's like if you're the one to make money in your family if your family's cake they could have cursed your cake they could have not wanted to give it to you, but it's now their cake. They now have ownership over the fruits of your labors. And if they and they're entitled to because they're your family, regardless if they cursed your name, if they said your project would be trash, they prayed against it by praying that you would enter into another field, because that's praying against your stuff. Prayers are powerful. Now that your cake has been baked, ah, yeah, yeah, like what come anything for the but so you're going to do. Am I not your uncle? Am I not your this? Am I not your mother? Am I not your... So we have that. And which is why Nigeria is very complex. <laughs> because we have, we really have that all for one, that greed, but then also 
let's all take from you. And, and if you kind of think about it, it's, it's still the same concept of greed, right? It's just like, oh, I want everybody's, or it's like, oh no, let's all just take yours, right? So it's still the same concept of greed. It's just the different spectrums, the different but spectrums of greed. That, that goes is. into the respectability politics that, that ugh, it pisses me off. Yeah, this is a finance podcast, but we about to go into healing real quick. The, 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 the thing that kind of, always gets me is that idea that I didn't support you throughout your journey I mm. wasn't there while you were working on your field but I should reap the harvest in which you worked hard for that's exactly what Toby's covering this idea that despite whatever you did whether you threw locusts on my crop this spit off whatever you did I still owe you because of the family tie. I still mm. owe you because you're my elder. I still owe you because you, your, your seniority in our family deserves a reward. And it's like, no. Exactly. And it's like, I can see where that mentality comes from because African societies are traditionally more collectivist, right? But when you actually study the tradition at a young age, the way they did schooling for a lot of kids. And in Adenani, the way they did schooling for children was that they saw what you were good at and they pushed you into that. They saw what, they said what your chi ignited. Your chi is like your spirit, your soul. They said whatever ignited your chi, they pushed you into that field. Instead of forcing you to do something that was not good for you. So that way you are already supported because they know this is what you want and you love doing it, you enjoy doing it. It may be hard, it's gonna be a challenge, everything in life is gonna come with a challenge, but they pushed you into that. And that even goes to another toxic trait of like the routes of money. Why we believe that there's only certain ways to get money. Doctor, lawyer, engineer, anything else is crazy. Get, like if you want to be a creative, what are you doing? You're wasting your time, blah, blah, blah. But let their friend or somebody other Nigerian person have become a creative and make it, wow, Nigerian talent, what's so talented, what's so good? Look at the youth. Am I not a youth? But me, I'm not good enough to make it that way because there's certain routes to my youth. And then, and this even dabbles in the last toxic trait that I have of this hustle and struggle culture. Why is it in Nigeria we believe that the only way to live life is to suffer? You have to suffer for your money. You have to hustle and struggle to suffer and then it's good. That's the only way you can't, you, you can't, what is a life of abundance where you're financially free, you don't have to work? What? Yeah, so you're not working. You're not going, you're not going. You're not, you're not in the office 24 seven. You're not doing this. Are you lazy? What's going on? And it's like, no, I'm not a slave. I don't have to suffer for it. I don't have to struggle for it. Like why, I wouldn't, why must I have to suffer for money? Why must I have to suffer for life? Why are you pushing me into this route that you believe is a, the only way to make money and making me suffer for it? Because you did the same and you're clearly not happy. That's not what you wanted to do. You may make money, that's not what you wanted to do. I feel called like, out right now. I'm gonna just say that. Uh, I, it, it's not the suffer for it, but it's this idea that you, have to overly exert yourself or work hard or be the best. Even, even going to school, it's like be number one, be number one. Mm -hmm. And I, I find myself in that mentality when I'm working and it's not okay. Not to say you should give your bare minimum. And I always believe in putting your, your best foot forward, but it's this idea that you, you're kind of like, so far as the word, but it's like, you're, you're, you're struggling and you're, you're, you're fighting just to mm -hmm. obtain something that can flow easily. And it's like, 
money like what's his what's his name i'm gonna mess up his name but the guy that just does this oh uh, Lammy, like what mm-hmm. yeah whatever yeah. like this man makes money and doesn't say a word like yes. now he's now he talks but like do you understand that like his gift already made room for him and i think that i you just attacked me in that fourth line so i, I don't feel offended but i think that is something to evaluate that we don't sometimes i'm not going to speak for everyone we don't feel like our gift can make a way for us to live the life we want to live whatever that life it is like you can have a there's nothing wrong with saying that i want to live a luxurious life there's nothing wrong with saying like i want to travel to countries and live in paris like there's nothing if that's the life that you feel connects with your soul who's to say there's something wrong with that but this idea that we have to suffer and struggle and uh and agony and it, it has to be like, oh my gosh, I have to sweat for this money versus the money just came is exactly is something and, that I have to think about. Yeah, and hustle culture exists in so many different colors and so many different cultures, you know, like T with Howard said, I got to get the dollar. <laughs> it's like, no. It's like, yes, do what you have to do, but that whole exact chasing the bag, like part of my money store of healing is like, okay. Yes, I'm going to work hard on my craft, but I'm going to do things that make me happy. And I'm not chasing a bag. A bag is going to chase me, mm-hmm. baby. Because this, even if you cannot see it right now, this is worth all that in gold. Yeah. This, this is worth everything. So you're going to throw your money at me. Yeah. You know? And that doesn't mean that you don't work hard. Because sometimes when people, when they're like, oh, manifest, I'm a manifest and I'm going to sit on my ass and not do nothing. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> which we'll talk about later that's not how it works but that doesn't mean you kill yourself you have to rest remember black people are not allowed to rest especially black women so you need to rest you need you need to rest i really feel like i'm being called out on this episode so if it doesn't get published just know (laughs) i felt called out multiple times by toby okay that if i stop recording just know toby was calling me out Okay, and he didn't he didn't want me to be out here grinding for this podcast. So there you go. No, you grind, but you know, <laughs> you also have to recharge. Batteries die. No, I agree. And that's a less a hard lesson I'm learning. The idea that stillness does not mean you're not being productive and yeah. being been doing nothing doesn't mean you're not doing anything. And this idea that a pause or a stop or a rest is not as fruitful as the grind and the work. So I, I really do feel called out in this episode, but I think that there's growth in these conversations. Um, so I, I'm going to, you gave us our toxic trick. So let me sum it up for people. Um, he has money's evil, but also money is is good depending on who has it. So we have this dependent dependency policy where it's like, it's very subjective on where money is evil depending on what your status is and what your position is then we have money is the solution it solves all problems i'm an absent parent i'm throwing money at it i'm uh blah 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 like i'm gonna throw money at it because money creates the solution for us then we have three um there's certain routes to money you have to be a doctor a lawyer engineer you have to follow these routes you have to go to college you have to and it's like no I don't have to do anything and last 
you know they suffer for money. We don't have to grind and bleed and sweat. We do work hard, right? We do intentionally put labor because if you plant a seed, you have to water it, you have to give it what it needs, but we don't sweat and bleed and suffer and deprive ourselves in order to have money. So those are the four toxic traits that Toby gave us. And I think we should just think, think and meditate on it um, just for a second, because I think those are things that a lot of us might be traumatized by and we don't even realize it yeah i sure was <laughs> mm. yeah okay so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tie this all together um toby what do you think of when you hear love spirituality and finance like those three words together separately individually what do you so, think about with those words so like the first thought that comes to my head right it's like oh my gosh a cookie cutter image like i feel like you see the rainbows you probably see like the black woman with the sun hat sitting on a beach and like bali you know like stuff and then lighting her candles and her sage you know her crystals mm -hmm. and being like manifest the life you want i did like you know you think like even for me like even though i know that's not what the fuck it is you know like that's the first image that comes to my head right but knowing what i know now right the truth of it is that when I actually like, no, when I get rid of that first image, I'm like, oh no, all these together and all these separately mean sacrifice. They mean hard work. They mean healing, right? Because they're all interconnected. Yeah. Um, they're huge on shadow work for people who don't know what shadow work is. Shadow work is basically when you confront your shadows. So the parts of yourself that you were taught to hate, that you negated, as well as your problematic side, right? And you confront it and you decide to heal it. So if it's a problematic side, you work to become better to get rid of it. And if it's the parts of yourself that you thought were bad but aren't and you hate it, you work to embrace those. Um, if you're interested in shadow work, it's very big in spirituality and psychology, but if you're interested in learning more about shadow work, just Google it, it was made by Carl Jung. So you already know it's gonna have you all up in your head. Okay, it was made by a psychologist. But um, that is what I think of when I think of, that is one of the things that I think of, right? Um, big shadow work vibes. Um, how do you heal it, right? And they're all connected. Like the way I see it, spirituality, finance, and love, they're all, they're all like bigger parts to, at least for me, and I see it for a lot of people, like things that we want, even if we don't know we want it in order to live our dream life, in order to live our best life, right? because you have to have physical health, you have to have emotional health, you have to have mental health, you have to have spiritual health, right? So you have to have all those things. When there's an imbalance somewhere, there's an imbalance somewhere else, right? They have to be aligned, right? And oftentimes, if your relationship with money is trash, then your relationships with people and love is gonna be trash, right? And if your relationships with love with people are, gonna, are trash, then your relationship with your own soul, with yourself is usually trash. Because you don't know how to love, you can't love anybody if you don't know how to love yourself unconditionally. And if you don't love yourself unconditionally, you're always gonna sell yourself short or you're gonna be pushed around. You're never gonna charge your worth. You're gonna do things, always just labor for people instead of like, you know, doing so you can let them take advantage of you, you know? So they're, they're really, really all connected, right? And another thing that I even think about when I hear these words together is taboo. Now I say taboo because a lot of for a lot for especially nowadays mainstream we hear manifestation and we're like oh yes i want to manifest my best life it's very big it's very popular 
right? We see it in stores, we see it in ads, all over Instagram, we love it, right? But there's also that taboo connotation of it, right? Um, and I say taboo because money is very taboo, but it's something we love. Um, love is less taboo, but can also be taboo when you talk about the intersections of love and what type of love are we looking for, right? Um, and spirituality is extremely taboo. <laughs> you know, a lot of times when you hear about love and, you know, and spirituality and finances, there's that negative aspect of like, oh, love workings, love spells, you know, or like money workings, like, oh, money rituals, blood rituals is like, again, going back to the whole, you sold your soul to get this. What did you have to do to get this, right? What type of soul contract did you have to write? What type of spell working? What spirit did you appease to live to get this money, right? And we, and we always think somebody had to do so. We, we always think people had to sell themselves in certain ways in order to get something. And it's very crazy. So that might be going on a bit of a tangent, but I've always had this um, thing in my head where it's like people always are so quick to say that, oh, someone sold their soul to get this. Like we'll talk about Beyonce, right? Yeah, so it's the whole thing of like, you know, people can talk, I was using Beyonce as an example. Uh, people are like, oh, they sold their soul, blah, 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 for me. When my stuff blows up, you know, people gonna know do my spiritual stuff. So it's like, people gonna be like, oh, did you sell your soul? Did you do blah, blah, blah. But it's like, why are y'all so pressed about people being demonic or stuff if they're engaging in spirituality and making finances and stuff like that? Meanwhile, y'all sell your soul, y'all sell yourselves for anything. You sell your body for sex, you sell your body for drugs, you sell your, and when I'm talking, and taking sex, for example, when I'm talking about you sell your body for sex, I'm not talking about sex workers. So, baby, are these people selling themselves? I don't know, but why are you talking about this person because they coupled spirituality with finances, with that whole stuff? Why are you saying that they're evil and they sold their soul when if you got the opportunity, and a demon definitely came, you probably would because you sell yourself for any little thing right now and you're not making a bag. But because someone's engaged in spirituality, they're demonic. And granted for the people listening, we, we don't, we, in African traditions, we don't work with demons. Like, no, that's not, that's not, that's not the case. But I'm just using that as an example because you'll hear the same Africans talking about, oh, you did blah, blah, blah. So that's why, I say taboo because it's very, um, it's, it's still very much a taboo. As much as it's becoming mainstream, it's still very much a taboo subject um, to the point where people love just talking about manifestation. Because that's another thing that comes to my mind. They just love using the word manifestation. But I'm like, when you talk about manifestation, do you know what you're talking about? Do you really know what you're talking about when you say manifestation? And I don't think people know it because we even talk, hear people talking like, yeah, you know, I like I was talking to one of my cousins about manifestation. She was like, yeah, just manifest God, you know? And I'm like, yes, that's what we do. But I'm like, I really hear a lot of people talking about manifestation. I don't think you guys know what you actually mean when you say manifestation. Do you realize manifestation is so work? Explain That's it. what it is. Explain that's it. That's literally what it is. Explain it. Okay. So, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm glad you asked me to explain because one of the things that I wrote down when I think about um, here, love, spirituality, and finance is like, I wrote down manifestation, but I also meant, wrote down like myths, like the myths about manifestation. So manifestation, right? I don't have the textbook definition, but when you manifest something, it is taking it from the immaterial into the material. 
right? It is bringing something from your mind, from your idea, from your thought and making it real. You're literally co-creating your reality or working your reality, right? You're making something out of nothing, right? So we love to talk about, oh, yes, manifest. But when you break down what manifesting actually is, you do realize that you're transmuting energy because that energy existed in a thought form. You're not speaking it into existence. Yes, you're doing the work as well, but you're speaking into existence and you're doing other stuff. Maybe you're lighting a candle, maybe you're burning something to now change that energy into a physical because we're all energy, right? So you're doing a ritual. You're doing that repeating that affirmation to yourself again and again and again. And you're doing things to make sure that you, that elicits a response from you to go and do that and do that. Because yes, you have to put in physical work, but a lot of times if you really see manifestations, things just align, right? What is that aligning? What, what, what is that? Where is that aligning coming from? That's magic. <laughs> that's, literally, that, that's literally what we call magic. But people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to admit that. And yes, God is giving it to you, yes. But what are prayers but spells half the time? Look at the book of Psalms. Like people, you know, there's just, there's so many myths about manifestation. And then like when we look at mainstream bullshit too, there's just that whole thing of like, oh, you can manifest anything. Write it down on a piece of paper, journal it, script it, say it a couple of times, it'll just come in your life. No, you have to do something physical. Like even look at it when they said, don't they say faith without work is dead? Meaning you cannot pray God, God, and then just have, if you're not putting in the work, same with manifestation because it's all the same things, just in different, it's like the same concept, but on different levels, right? In different tiers. So you have to put in the physical work as well. So I have a question. Like, I know it's not necessarily evil, but when I hear the word spell, just because of how I was raised, I automatically have this reaction, like a mm -hmm. bad. So it's like, why is it that? Because if we think about it very like definition based, the way praying and the work of so, so like I grew up in Sela, if you don't, people who don't know that. And a lot of the work of Sela is a very spiritual church. Like there's a lot of work that, that happens and they're very powerful prayers but like when when if you were to associate that with some of what they call um voodoo or whatever like when you associate it with the spell or whatever it feels there's a big negative connotation that even I need to like I guess work on so why do you feel like depending on which word is used um there's a negative tie to it right because even some christians have had conversations don't even like the the idea of using manifestation um even though i i really appreciate the definition you use because taking something from what you see in your mind to a reality you can touch is a transfer of energy is a transfer of because no one can see what's in your mind people can only see what they can grasp, right? They can see their own yeah. version of what they want to see. But once you put that out there, they can understand what you want. I hope I didn't confuse anyone. Um, so why is that like, depending on the word, depending on how it's phrased, it, it gives off different feelings or different interpretations from your experience. 
So I feel like, I feel like there's just always, honestly, I feel like people have certain connotations, certain words, and they just want to use things. I feel like people just want to say something to make themselves feel better, honestly. Mm. Like that's what I, I honestly feel like people use certain words because they want to make themselves feel better. Um, and when a word becomes more popular and more accepted, it's like, okay, we can call it this, but we're not going to call it that, right? Just like, we'll take the term psychic, right? Mm-hmm. I consider myself a psychic, right? Um, for some people, they hear that and they're like, oh my gosh, what? Like, we'll take religious people, they'll be like, psychic, oh my gosh, you, do, you talk to spirits, you do all this, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But then if I were to say, oh, I'm a prophet, yeah is that not the same yeah, yeah. It's like, um, then it's like oh holy oh you're this mm. oh you're that so i really feel like it's just certain words have been given certain connotations even though they it's the same thing but people 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 just want to hold on to their comfort they don't want to face what is actually happening or what is actually being said because we want to have our cake and eat it too yeah you know we want to have our cake and eat it too and um a manifestation is not a full-blown like like yes i say spell but it's not a full equate because it's no 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 i know i know i get yeah. what you're saying but i'm saying that like because i know whoever's listening might get to a point and be like oh this is this is <laughs> what did i sign up for you know and i i, I think that you are so correct in the fact that we give ownership and power to words, right? Who's yes. to say, and, and that's the same thing about money, right? Who's to say this is bad, right? Until we deem it as bad, it doesn't become bad, right? Because these things are, you know, a hands like a bottle is a bottle, but it's like, oh, you should drink, you know, we don't create those associations until we in ourselves convince ourselves that that's what it should be and those taboos and those negative feelings are like we shouldn't talk about um love if it's not heteronormative we shouldn't talk Mm -hmm. about spirituality if it's not christianity we shouldn't talk about um finance if it's not secure the bag and if it's not surface level we shouldn't talk about these things but it's like how do we grow if we don't continue the conversation and allow the possibilities for us to expand and really question our beliefs but also solidify what we believe in Exactly. And it's like, you know, and if we're continuously stuck in those binary concepts and we don't see things as shaded of gray, or if we are not willing to admit to ourselves that two things can be true at the same time, you know, if we don't don't admit those things to ourselves, then we're always going to be stuck. Like, because even with money, when we talk about love, spirituality, and finance, finance, money is an energy. It is not good or bad. Yeah, it's what very neutral. With it. Yeah, correct, correct. Is what matters. It's a tool. Know? It's a tool. It's a um, tool. And then, you know, and- like, and even in connecting it back to spirituality, spirituality, like, regardless of whatever spiritual tradition, whether it's um, Adonani, Ifa, or if we're breaking it down to religion, Christianity, Islam, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Those energies exist. They're not, they're neutral. What you do with it is good or bad. The crusades, bad, right? But using, opening the church to hold people, to welcome them in, good. Same thing with spirituality. It depends 
the energy is there. If you believe that we're created in the likeness and image of God and God was just the spirit, then why would, and had all these gifts, then why would we not have access to it as well? Why would we not, right? What you do with it, but then and if you also believe in free will, then you have the will to use that stuff to manifest good or manifest bad, yeah. right? And how you see it, you go fix, you go. Um, we're gonna we're gonna keep this conversation going because I I, I really think people are gonna be stuck in this space and for a long time. So I'm- yeah, and even for the audience listening, the goal is not to slay you any type of way. Please just understand how these subconscious things play a fact in your own life right so that's how I tell people like I'm a very spiritual person um but I still identify as a Catholic right yeah I even tell people if you love something very much yourself an institution a faith a tradition then you would love it enough that you're able to critique mm-hmm. and see the pitfalls yeah. of where humans yeah. have taken something and have entered and if you look at this, even money, it's like in so much of our religious spaces, it has such a bad connotation. Right. It has such a bad connotation, unless it's going back to build in the religious institution. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're not allowed to have it outside of it. Yet when you look at Europe, kings, all the stuff, were they not quote unquote chosen by God, but they were horrible. Well, I don't know if we could, okay, I was about to say, I don't know if we could use Europe as a standard you know, of- like, a healthy relationship with money, but I see where you were going with that. I was like, yes. ah, I don't think they chopped up some heads and <laughs> yes. people were starving, totally they were eating smart. cakes. There's a lot of, you know, I mean, yeah, I paid attention so a little bit in history class and I don't think they're, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's, yeah, it's that whole thing where it's like, we have to break it down and literally see that we live, we live in a world of gray and that's, that's the, what we think it is, it's not what, it all is. So going from that, we live in grays. I agree, right? Black and white is dangerous. It's very dangerous yes, space. Very. So what is the cost of healing? And how do we how do we heal our money traumas, right? How do we start the journey of taking ownership of, you know, reconciling that spirituality, religion, money, love can ex- coexist? I mean, they do, but how do we take those steps? Mm-hmm. Because we can't afford not to. So how do we take the steps to move in the direction of healing and having alignment across our that life? That's a great question. And it's going to be different for every person, but I will say it is expensive. <laughs> expensive as fuck, but I'm not talking about physical currency. Emotionally um, taxing. Emotionally taxing. <laughs> I, I gave I'm up. Fucking- I'm talking about that spiritual currency. It is going to be, the cost of healing is, and this is for anything. Obviously we're talking about money, but you could talk about sexual trauma, mentally trauma, emotional trauma, right? The cost of healing, it is the hardest and most expensive thing ever, but it's the most worth it. If you don't do nothing in this life, kill yourself, right? It is the most worth it thing. And I think, one thing that we have to start asking ourselves is what is healing? What does it look like? What does healing look like for me, right? Because for some people healing is, I can't talk to nobody for six months, bye. You know, but for other people, that's a toxic trait. You know, that's not healing for them, you know? For others, healing is 
I'm going to just go full on cold turkey, drop everything, start new. But other people cannot do that. Some people need to do it on stages. You know, they gotta phase it out, you know? But um, the cost of healing specifically from poverty and financial issues is just, it's, it, it seems like it's so enormous. And when I say expensive, I don't want to sugarcoat. It's something, it's doable, but I don't want to sugarcoat and, and make it seem like it's easy or that it can be done in a year. For some people, yes. Other people, it might not. It might not. Because once you start seeing how interconnected everything is, you start seeing how it played a life, how, how it plays a factor in your own life. And you could be something like, for me, it's like, oh my gosh, you're trying out for all these jobs and they're not. And it's like, you get it or and you feel miserable or for some people maybe it's like you know that i literally know some people where it's like every time you try to get a job you can't get no job but yeah you're overqualified nobody call you back nobody tried to pick up the cv blah 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 what is it what's going on like you know and you're like is something broken is something wrong with me are you putting out the energy of you're not worthy for a job yeah yeah like is that subconsciously manifesting and yeah. you're not getting a job because that's why we talk about, oh, be careful what you say. Don't, you know, don't, because you will manifest. Be careful what you think. Your thoughts are powerful. You know, I tell people, if you call someone a criminal, they're going to become a felon. If you keep calling someone a criminal, they will become a felon. You know, so when we talk about healing, you, they really have to see how all those things are really, really interconnected. And once, you know, once you... And in my opinion, once you really start living a more spiritual life and you really do become closer to God, right? You become close to your ancestors and stuff. You start to see, oh, my issues with money have nothing to do with me. They're a generational pattern. They're passed on. Oh my gosh. You know, it's like, whoa. Or it's like, oh, maybe I needed to get my relationship with God right, you know, because I was trying to step into this space and who knows, maybe I would have killed myself if I had gone to that space because the way they, you know, the way that work culture was, or maybe I would have had certain traumas and that person would have sexually harassed me or something, you know, you never know. And that's why, that's why I really do believe people need to understand all those stuff, right? And there's different levels of spirituality, but it's like, once you understand things, you start to see how everything's connected, mm-hmm. right? You start to see how it's like, oh, wow, this happened because of that that happened because of this we won't be able to know everything but we'll be able to see how it plays a factor right Mm -hmm. it's only now that in western culture african culture is very slow to this we're understanding how powerful the mind is and how powerful mental health is and your emotions it's now in western culture we have people talk about oh no you know human it's like oh somebody's more empathic before, when we heard about empath, that was only for spiritual places where an empath is someone who can read and literally absorbs the emotional energies of others. It's a form mm-hmm. of psychic. But now in more medical terms, <laughs> we're starting to hear more about empath, empathy, like, oh, dogs have so much empathy. Humans have blah, 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 blah. And it's like, hmm, you know, it's like once you, you don't have to take the whole nose dive into spirituality because you can literally, the whole point of spirituality is to figure out your relationship with yourself and your relationship with God and the other, right? Mm-hmm. Once you start doing that work, because a lot of people do spiritual work without even realizing it. Once you do that work of getting to know yourself, you'll be like, oh, 
I don't want. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I'm an interior decorator. I hate this job. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I fucking can't stand kids. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh wow. Why can't I stand kids? Oh, because my parents never loved me as a kid. So I don't know how to love kids. Mm. And why did that happen? Oh, this is something that happened Gener ancestrally, this something that happened generationally. Their parents didn't treat them right, and then their parents' parents didn't treat. You know, you start to see how it all leads up. Mm -hmm. You know, and healing requires us to do that. And even I would say, listening to this podcast is a form of cost of healing because one thing about healing is that you have to get really uncomfortable, and people don't like that. We don't like that. Uh, every time I've been called to heal something or I know, because I'm somebody where it's like, I can see what I need to heal, but it's like, ooh, do I want to do that? You know, it's like, ooh, I see it. An avoidance stage. I know exactly what I need to yeah. heal. And, and it's like, you know what? I'm going to skip past it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to try. And I'm like, oh, this is hard. I'm going back to pretending like I don't know what's wrong. Yep. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when you dive in, it's like healing, it gets ugly. You, you, you fit in darkness metaphorically you know unless that's your thing some people heal by fitting in actual darkness it's a thing the darkness of the womb science says that you know might stimulate stuff anyways therapy is also a thing you know if you can afford it yeah uh, you know yeah. um therapy is a great way to do shadow work but um to you to actually heal to actually heal you're going to have to confront um yourself you're going to have to confront your problematic tendencies as well as how you've been violated how you've been victimized you know in some sort of way for this yeah. money how have you been violated by money money did not hurt you did people with money hurt you did yeah. not having access to it hurt you did that violate you did you have to vi did you have to then engage in acts that violated your mind body spirit etc in order to attain money right you have to confront those things and it's it's really hard it's really hard you can even yeah. hear me like breathing because it's like me even confronting my own stuff I've been through a lot of shit a mm -hmm. lot of shit but I'm glad that I did I'm glad that I sat and I'm glad I had 2020 because it gave me a lot of time to do that shit to speed it up you know to really speed it up but it's like you have to get uncomfortable and you have to question everything you know in order to find out what is really true for you. Mm. Question everything and everyone you know, not in like no paranoid aspect, but question, why do you believe this? Why did you believe, did your parents tell you this about money and you believed it? Were you always money savvy in your family, but people wanted to make it seem as if you were greedy because you wanted to save your coins and you didn't want to necessarily give it to them? And you were saving it. So now you feel like a horrible person when it comes to money in that translation, everything. You feel like you don't know, you even know how to give to people, how to contribute, how to do stuff because you're a horrible person. You know, it's like you have to confront all of those things. That is the cost of healing. That is why I say it's not going to take, doesn't necessarily take physical currency. If you can afford to go to therapy, great. But even if you can, the majority of the work is going to be emotional currency, mental currency, currency, spiritual currency, because your therapist cannot make you heal. They can just show you and give you tips, but you have to do the work yourself. 
you know, you have to do it yourself. And when you heal, you come out better on the other side, you know? And, and when we're talking about with spirituality and finances, um, what I've noticed is that what they don't tell you about mainstream spirituality and manifesting is that if you're unhealed and you try manifesting, things are going to take a lot slower. <laughs> because you're subconsciously trying to sabotage yourself because you don't believe you deserve nice things or you don't think you're good enough or you have imposter syndrome or you're still engaging in something that's problematic or you're still engaging in something with somebody that's not good and it's draining. And yeah, when you heal, you're able to manifest quicker, able to manifest better. I know this is like, what, the fifth time I've referenced Beyonce, I promise you I'm not a part of the beehive, but she's just a good example. Look at everything she's able to manifest post-Lemonade. Lemonade with her healing album. Lemonade with her shadow work album. After Lemonade, she became Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. Yes, she was big popping before, but it was not till after that that she started really racking things, getting her confidence up because you're able to get more once you heal because you know what you deserve. Even if you don't wanna look at it from a spiritual thing of like you clearing that energy, you know you have better, you know you can get better and you want better for yourself, so you will get better. It's like, that is why healing is so important. And it's important because <clears throat> we have this idea Right, we have this idea that if we make a bag, we'll become happy, right? Money does not equal happiness. It does not equal love. It does not equal any of those things, right? And once you heal, you start to understand that money is just an add-on. It's a tool, it's an add-on to your life, right? Because what money doesn't buy you happiness, the reason why people who have money may seem happier, although a lot of them are fucking miserable, is because what money buys you is freedoms. And freedom gives you happiness. <laughs> money, so it's not necessarily, so money's not directly buying happiness. When you have more free time to do what you want, you become happier. Money buys you freedoms. It does not buy you freedom, singular, right? Because you and I can be billionaires, which we will be one day, but we will Amen. never have the freedom of being white and having white privilege. So money cannot buy you freedom, but it can buy you freedom, right? And being free gives you the access to greater happiness. But in order to get that from money, I feel like for most of us, we have to understand that we can give that to ourselves first without money. Oh, no, and now that, that we know that without it, we have it, getting money is not a problem for us because oh. we can do whatever the fuck we love to do and the money's gonna come. On that note, we're gonna, we're gonna bring this to a, a nice end. You are worthy of attracting abundance. Um, I, I repeat the same motto every time or my mission statement every time I say my podcast of we want people to live a life of abundance because abundance um, is what will attract the life that you want. Abundance is attracted to you because of the person that you're becoming. Um, and, and Toby has, has touched on depths and breadth of of spirituality healing um love toxic toxicness within our own culture about 
money and finance and, and the combination of all of the above. And I, I think something that I, I want you guys to take away with this is that you have to do the work, whether you're a spiritual person or religious yeah. person or, or you, you don't care about any of that, whether you want money for yourself in abundance or whatever, it, it doesn't just show up you have to give some type of sacrifice, whether it's your time, whether it's, you have to give something to get something. There's always an exchange. And I think you have to be very conscious of what you're giving to get it. Um, But realize that money is not the answer to all your problems. That if you're broken when you have money or when you don't have money and you get money, you still be broken if you didn't do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, And if, you're healed and you have money, you'll still be healed. And it's an add-on. It's a tool that adds on and provides you the freedom to live the life you want to live. So on that note, um, I want Toby to live everywhere he can be found, uh, where you, people can harass you, ask you more questions <laughs> about spirituality and the difference between spirituality and religion and um, traditional um, Nigerian tribes and African culture and you have knowledge on leave yeah, yeah, your yeah. your contact information leave the names i'll to drop them because this yeah because this was just the tip of the iceberg like i said like you might have to break this episode down to segments like we could we need to we need like to. we it, it, like this is just a tip i know i gave a lot of information for people so if you're confused if you're triggered sorry but you know triggers are messengers of something wrong internally so if you're triggered that's just a sign that there's some healing to do baby so we love it we we love it we love it right you know and yeah you can follow me on my different um platforms where i do a lot of shit i just talk i usually talk about spiritual topics but not always you know but yeah if you're interested um you can follow me on youtube at the Toby Network, that is T-H-E-T-O-B-Y-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. Yes, I spelled that correctly. And yes, okay, I spelled that correctly. You can find me on the Toby Network on YouTube where I have different topics um, about different things. I explain different things, you know, sometimes spirituality, sometimes it skits. I just have a lot of things I'm doing. Uh, trying to actually diversify my content even further, diversify yet focus it, and just be more real, authentic in everything that I post on it. So y'all will probably hear me talk about spirituality, but also racism and maybe how spirit, the, the intersections between anti-Blackness and spirituality, right? Or the intersections between colorism and something else, because I have a wealth of knowledge <laughs> and I can talk for days if you haven't noticed or, you know, yeah, I talk, yeah, I talk about different stuff like that. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Toby Chukra. So T-O-B-Y-C-H-U-K-W-U-R-A. That is my uh, main Instagram account. I also have two others. I have my in-betweensta. If you don't know what an in-betweensta is, it's not a finsta, it's not a rinsta, it's the in-between, okay? So all the back, you know, all the photos that didn't make the cut get posted there, right? If it didn't make the cut, it gets posted there. Or if it's like, you know, another flavor of you, maybe a little sassier, a little sexier, or a little goofier, a little all natural, whatever it is, it goes on in Twinsta, okay? And you can follow, <laughs> that is Real Nigel Poppy, okay? So that is at R-E-A-L, 
N-A-I-J-A-P-A-P-I, okay, Real Nigel Poppy. You can also follow me on my third <laughs> Instagram account. That is my spiritual Instagram account. That's more so my Finsta. So on that account, I talk about, uh, you know, spirituality. I talk about different topics. I'm going to start documenting more of my journey as a psychic medium, you know, on there and stuff. And that is at Poppy X Wata. So that is P-A-P-I-X-W-A-T-A. So if you're interested in spirituality and how to navigate doing traditional African spirituality as well as Christianity at the same time, because I'm both, then you can hit that place up and we can talk. Or you can follow me on TikTok at Nija Poppy, N-A-I-J-A-P-A-P-I. You know, I'm really, I'm really trying to be out here on these platforms, y'all. Okay, I'm really trying to be out here on these platforms. Just do what I'm, just do what I want to do and like live a more authentic life. So if you'd like to follow me on this journey, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, I suggest you do because baby, I'm gonna be big real soon. Gonna be making billions. So you might wanna say that you will follow me from the journey from the jump. Just saying, I've already, I've already seen the vision. God already told me and some of my ancestors and they don't lie. So follow me and we can talk. He just plugged himself. Thank you so much, Toby, for joining this fruitful conversation. I think you gave me a lot of healing work to do on myself, on my financial journey, my spirituality, my religion, my love and health and all, just all of it. And, and thinking about my own personal money trauma. Um, I think that as a creator of this show that I, I don't, I never assume or present myself to have the answer of it all. So I always love when I have the space to grow with the person sharing, um, to stay up to date, ask questions or have future collaborations with me, following us, follow us on all social media platforms, um, share this podcast with someone, rate, rate us wherever you listen to, um, and check out our website, www.neverbroke.com, and you can find all our social media at, at names there. Um, but we look forward for you joining us um, once a week on this platform. Love you all. And peace.